great that you are mighty and we thank you Lord for when there was times where we thought we couldn't make it Lord we looked to you and you saw us through so Lord even as we come upon times or are in times right now Lord we look to you because we know that it's our season and Lord we can break through Lord today I stand as an open vessel Lord, we ask that you please use me, Lord. I am available to you. Lord, may the words that you speak, Lord, touch each and every individual in here, Lord. Lord, we may not leave here with the same, the same illumination, Lord, but we thank you, Lord. And we pray that you, we will leave here different. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the praise. But Lord, we know we fall short of that. Because if we had a thousand tongues, we couldn't thank you and give you all the honor and praise that you deserve. Once more, use me, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength, my rock, and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. You will turn with me to Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians 3. Verses 1 through 11. And I'll be reading from the NIV, the International Version, the older version of the NIV. Finally, my brother. Rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. 
and it is safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, whom glory is Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks that he has reasons with confidence in flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was my prophet, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having righteousness of my own, that comes from the law, but that which through faith in Christ, the righteousness that's come from God and by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his righteousness and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, mm -hmm. becoming like him in his, in his death, mm -hmm. and so somehow to <clears throat> obtain to the resurrection from the dead. Amen. 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 All right, let's get these microphones. Today, when I got off the interstate, I took the Dave Lyle exit. I'm going to leave it at that for right now. I'll come back to that. The setting of the passage is AD 62-63. Paul is currently in prison for the first time, and he's writing the church at Philippi. The church of Philippi is a predominantly Gentile Christian church that was founded by him on his second missionary journey. There are some problems going on that Paul addresses in this letter. Lethargy, problems with unity, and Judaizing, false teachers. This is, what, this is where our passage come in, the false teachers. Paul calls these false teachers dogs, which is a very degrading term. So Paul don't hold back. He calls them dogs. These people put their confidence in their flesh, their accomplishments, their traditions. Then Paul turns the pages and he says, and that was my past. I too did that. Back to Dave Wild. I took Dave Wild this morning. Why did I say this? because it wasn't my intention. I totally missed the exit I usually take. 
if anyone knows me and ever tried to give me instruct directions, knows that I just, my mind doesn't just, it doesn't work with the directions. <laughs> I can't, don't tell me how to get to your house. You might have to write it down or something like that. I might have to put it in my GPS because I just let it go through, you know. But, yeah, my mind just doesn't work like this. And I can recall a time when me and my brother was coming back to Winthrop when he went to Winthrop. That small period of time we went together. He was coming back from home. And for some reason, I was driving. And leaving Monk's Corner, I said, well, I'm going to take the direction my dad takes. So I got on the road, and we started driving. And come to find out, I ended up at the road where I started at. <laughs> I made a, I made a you all about 30 minutes worth of you. <laughs> and I was embarrassed. My mother was like, oh, my goodness. But I'm terrible with directions. directions. And I was heading in the wrong direction. And I didn't know it, but I was heading in the wrong direction. And this is what Paul, this is what happens to Paul. When he first began life, he was headed in the wrong direction. He thought it was right, but he was headed in the wrong direction. Paul, formerly known as Saul, so I might refer to him as Saul. He said he was a true Israelite. He said he was circumcised on the eighth day. According to Leviticus 12.3, this is what all Jews was to do. It was in accordance to the law. Paul was in accordance to the law. Paul had it going on. <laughs> he had Jewish ancestors. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was the Hebrew of Hebrews. His background. Paul had it going on. He was a Pharisee. This was a religious sect that was strict on their rules. They were very strict in following the guidelines that God gave him. He was one of them. I mean, he had it going on. Paul was zealous. He had a lot of zeal. He persecuted the church. Today we're like, huh? Persecute the church? But back then the church was thought of as a foreign religion. And he persecuted them. And that shows his love for the law and the nation. Paul was good. And he, was, he considered himself faultless, outward, perfection. He had a perfect outward record. He had no legal charges against him. But as we go further in the scripture, we see that Paul considers all these things lost. He expresses this three times to, to the point that it, it kind of gets confusing when you read it. He said, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. This is perfect tense, meaning that it's, all, it's something that is already completed. He came to realize that all those things that I listed before, I counted as loss. Then he says it again. But whatever were gains to me, then he says it again, what more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. He intensifies it. He, he adds more words to this. 
He affirmed that back then, when I considered it lost, I made the right decision to consider it lost. All the previous knowledge that I had, it cannot touch, it cannot touch the worth it is to knowing God for myself. And then he says it again. He says, I consider them garbage or rubbish that I may gain Christ. This is expressed more, it is expressed even greater. In the Greek, he uses the word scubula, which is a very emotional term, scubula. And the English translation does not do that word justice. Because if we was to read it in our Bibles today, it wouldn't, if we was to read it in our Bibles today, we would be shocked at what Paul says. Scubula. Some translation says rubbish, filth, worthless. Those are the weaker translations. The King James in the net, however, says dumb. Very close to what he's trying to say. What he's trying to say is human excrements. If Paul was here today preaching this message that he, he had writ, wrote to the Philippians, he would probably have the stewards escort the stewards would probably have to escort him out of the church. <laughs> this is what he considered all these past actions, scubala. Being circumcised on the eighth day, scubala. Jewish background, scubala. Pharisee, persecuting the church, the perfect record. It is all scubala. Paul considers all things lost for the sake of gaining Christ. Gaining Christ means being found righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. Righteousness is used as a legal term. It's not a moral term like we use it today. When the judge declared you righteous, that means the crime that is against you, he's now saying you're innocent. You're innocent, you're righteous. As in Paul is saying, as much as I tried to be blameless to the law, it just didn't work. I wasn't righteous enough. If God, the judge, was to examine my previous life, I would be found guilty. But through my faith in Jesus Christ, I am declared innocent. Yes. I am declared righteous. Yes. So all those things that defined me before, it's nothing but scuba. It did not save me. So what? Your bachelor's degree. It's scuba. <laughs> compared to knowing Christ. Amen. Your master's degree. Scubula. Your doctorate degree. Scubula. 
your rich family history that you're so proud of. It's Kubla. Gold, silver, and bronze medals that you've won in sports. It's nothing. It's worthless. It's Kubla. Deserves to be flushed down the toilet. Your awards, your GPA, your status, your car, your money, even some of the people you let in your life. It's scuba. Compared to knowing Christ. Then we're going to look at it another side. Your criminal background. Scuba. It's your past. Your past drug habits. Your alcoholism that you overcome. Your past sexual immorality, scubula. Your former disbeliefs and your doubts, scubula. Your old dirty mouth. Your lying mouth. Your deceiving mouth. Your anxiety issues. The times when you place yourself before God in the past is now considered scubula. And it definitely did not save you. It did not save me. But through the faith of Jesus Christ, I am declared righteous. You are declared righteous. So what route are you taking in life? Is it the right route? What's your agenda? What do you hold in priority? What defines you? Is it your job? Is it your status, money, power, friends, family? Is it yourself? In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves Amen. and take up their cross and follow me. That means counting, counting everything else as rubbish. There is more to life than your credentials. And it is getting to know Jesus more and more every day. One thing you don't want to see in your bank account, on your bank account, is insufficient funds. <laughs> With my former life, that's what kept coming across the screen. Screen. Insufficient. Insufficient. But through the sufficient grace of our Lord, I am declared righteous. Paul says that Knowing God and continuing, continuing to get to know him is the best thing that could ever happen to him. Even down to the gift of suffering. He's in jail at this point. Even down to the gift of suffering. Even unto death, which will happen. The best thing that ever happened was getting to know Christ. So yes, I will suffer with him. Because one day, Paul believed that he would get to take place.
take part in the resurrection and glorify, be glorified with Christ, have total transformation, and be with him forever. Yes. And this goes to us as well. Sometimes we may have to suffer. Mm. Suffer with Christ. Amen. The Bible says suffering is a gift. Suffering is a gift. You do it along with Christ. Even to the point of death sometimes, we suffer. But even in the suffering, the best thing that could ever happen to us, to me, is getting to know Jesus Christ for myself. Because I know that one day I will be resurrected. And we will be in total transformation. And we will be with him forever. Everything else is school up. Now the doors of the church are open. If the priorities in your life is not where they should be. If you don't have God first in your life, if you haven't accepted God as your personal Savior, you're not able to participate in getting to know Him. The altar is open. Sister Valerie, you're coming.
us away from Christ. Sometimes we think that we've done something so bad. Now how is it that this Jesus can love me? But he can and he does. So if you want to know the Jesus that the woman of God has spoken about, that Paul has preached about, the Jesus that hung on a cross 2,000 plus years ago, who bled for us, who was pierced for us. Come to the altar. Come for salvation. Come for recommitment. See, he said he'll never, ever forsake us. We might forsake him. Some of them may even turn our backs on him. But he said, I'll never forsake you. If you believe that today, you think you're out of the will of the Father, out of the will of our Lord, the altar is open to you for salvation, rededication. And if you need the prayers of the church, to help you through any situation that you may not be able to bear yourself. We ask that you would come and let us pray with you and for you and believe with you. That God can do a great work in you. That God can turn any midnight hour around. You know you're never too low that you can't get up. So don't let nobody tell you. You've done something so wrong, and they want to cast doubt on you. We serve a faithful God. He said, if you fall seven times seven, get back up. And you keep getting back up. And when you get up, you're there with a new purpose step. And you stand in him and say, God, I need you. And if you don't come right now, I don't know what I'm going to do. So you need the prayer of the church to come in agreement with you. That you can and you will come through it. He invites you to the altar. Ain't no devil in hell to keep you from what God got to. Don't let nobody tell you about your sin. He's a God that heals. And he wants to heal. He's a God that will set the bed the captives free. Don't let no shackle hold you back from serving him, from worshiping him, from praising him. We want to believe with you today that God can, that God will. I don't know who this is for, but someone's told you that you can't. Someone's told you that you don't have the right things to do with the right stuff, the right degree. Right experience. But God wants to shower you with some favor today. And if you want to believe that He can, well, I dare you to come to the altar. So God can work it out in your faith. And if you're looking for a church home, you've come to the right place. A church that believes that God is our God that performs miracles. A church that believes in the healing power of 
today. The altar is open to you.
and family. Yes, God. Bless her loved ones. Yes. Bless her in all that she do. Yes. Lord, we leave this altar today knowing that you have done it. Thank you, God. And we walk in confidence. Not in our flesh. Not anything that we can do. But knowing that you can do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, yes, your son. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.